I'd like to especially welcome all of those worshiping with us this morning. If you haven't already, please tell us you're here. Uh, we're excited uh, to have new cameras this week as we look toward establishing a more long-term solution for live streaming. So if we hit a snag today, stick with us. I'm so uh, grateful for the leadership and discernment of our session and the understanding of our church family as we continue to exercise the spiritual gifts of patience, kindness, gentleness, and self-control. This week, our elders have decided to continue with the suspension of in-person worship at the church and any group meetings and will reevaluate on or before June 16th. The session recognizes that in-person worship will need to be very different than it has been in the past, and so they are tasking the Worship and Music Committee this month to propose a measured and mindful plan. Next Sunday is Pentecost Sunday, when the Holy Spirit comes like fire and the church has its birthday celebration. It's the church's birthday, and, and so I invite you to wear flame colors. You could wear uh, crimson red, orange. If you have to, for Cardinals fans, uh, you can even wear baseball caps to worship this year. But if they do, all of our Cub fans out there better be representing and wear some uh, additional flame-colored clothing. During opening music, I invite you to comment about where you have seen or experienced God this week. Where has God been in our midst? Where is the church being the church out, dispersed within our community? Share uh, how those moments are. Now let us worship God. call to worship. Rejoice and sing to God. We sing of the risen Christ. Clap your hands and shout with joy. We rejoice in the living God. Celebrate this day. We celebrate with the spirit who calls us here.
that Christ is separated from us, that we continue to do things which pull us from God. Sometimes we look the other way. Sometimes we don't do all the things that God intend for us. We pray especially that God meets us in those times. And now we have the chance for repentance, the chance to be forgiven, chance to name those things which pull us from God. Let us together share in the unison prayer of confession. Heavenly Christ, come down on high to be with us, even in our darkest hours, as you share in our suffering Share your love in the midst of our shortcomings and our failings. Raise us to new heights with your forgiveness and mercy, that we may glorify you in all that we say and all that we do. Enter into our sorrows with grace and hope, that we might be overwhelmed with joy. In your holy name we pray. Amen. And now let us silently confess our sins to God. Amen.
Christ meets us where we are. In the words of confession, forgives us, gives us peace, shares with us forgiveness, transformation, and hope. Come here to the font and know that you are forgiven and be at peace. Amen. Now let us join together in the unison prayer for illumination. Let us pray. God most high, reigning in glory, send down your spirit of wisdom to shine in your heavenly word so that we may worship you with joy, continually blessing your name. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Our first scripture reading comes to us from Psalm, the fourth uh, Psalm, beginning with the first verse. Let's listen to the word of God this morning. Answer me when I call you, O God, of my right. You gave me room when I was in distress. Be gracious to me and hear my prayer. How long, you people, shall my honor suffer shame? How long will you love vain words and seek after lies? But know that the Lord has set apart the faithful for himself. The Lord hears when I call to him. When you are disturbed, do not sin. Ponder it on your beds and be silent. Offer right sacrifices and put your trust in the Lord. There are many who say, oh, that we might see some good. Let the light of your face shine on us, O Lord. You have put gladness in my heart, more than when the grain and wine abound. I will both lie down and sleep in peace. For you alone, O Lord, make me lie down in safety. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks Thanks be to to God. Oh, 
scripture reading comes to us from Acts chapter 3, from verses 12 through 19. Let us listen again to the word of God. When Peter saw it, he addressed the people, you Israelites, why do you wonder at this, or why do you stare at us as though by your own power or piety we had made him walk? God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob, the God of our ancestors has glorified his servant, Jesus, whom you handed over and rejected in the presence of Pilate, though he had decided to release him. But you rejected the holy and righteous one and asked to have a murderer given to you, and you killed the author of life whom God raised from the dead. To this we are witnesses, and by faith in his name, his Name itself has made this man strong, whom you see and know, and the faith that is through Jesus has given him this perfect health in the presence of all of you. And now, friends, I know that you acted in ignorance, as did also your rulers. In this way, God fulfilled what he had foretold through the, all the prophets that his Messiah would suffer Repent, therefore, and turn to God so that your sins may be wiped out. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. And now we have a moment with our children, and I invite all our children to come forward and to share in this time together.
So today I thought I could act out something, but I'm not going to use any words. So you have to try to decide what I'm saying, okay? It's, it's, it's actually called charades, but this is a fun and exciting way uh, to try a, a, a special game. So help me with this game. So I'm going to act something, and then you tell your parents or you tell me what I'm saying, okay? Are you ready? Here's the first one. Okay. Did you guess it? I have to go to the bathroom. Uh, th that's, that's what I acted out. I hope you figured that out. Okay, the next one. Okay. Did you guess it? I'm hungry. Yes, yes, that's right. Okay, this last one. This is this this might be tricky, but I think you can guess it. Okay? Okay. I think you came close, right? Uh, Jesus loves all the world. Did you get it? Did you get it? sometimes we can do something for other people. We can help somebody. We can, we can care for others. But some people might not know why we do it. And, and so we do all this uh, sharing and, and giving and acting, right, out of love. And the reason we do it is because of Jesus. Jesus loves the whole world. So I want to love everyone. And that's what we learn, right? But sometimes we can do actions. We can point. We can help. We can give our money. We can help one another. We can love others. But sometimes we feel nervous, maybe, um, about telling people why we do it. Well, Peter and, Jane, and John today have healed somebody. And then we hear this sermon. And he tells people why this man was healed. He had to say it. He had to say, Jesus loves the whole world. Jesus loves us. And he loves us so much that that's who made the miracle happen. And so sometimes we have to use our words. You think you can do that? I think it's a good thing to share why we care for people. And it's simple. Jesus loves us all. That's why. Can you say that with me? Jesus loves us all. I think you could share that with a friend or two, couldn't you? Okay, let's wiggle, wiggle, wiggle those fingers and put them together. And let's say an echo prayer. Dear God, we thank you that you love us. We know that you love us and we can show more than just with our actions. We can say it with our words. To everyone we meet, that Jesus loves the world. Amen.
In her book, The Temple Bombing, Melissa Fay Green describes the events surrounding the 1958 hate criming dynamiting at the temple, which was the oldest synagogue in Atlanta. The next Friday evening at the first Sabbath service after the bombing, the temple, with its windows still shattered and boarded up and its doors hanging off their hinges, was filled to overflowing almost as if it were high holy days. A rabbi, a powerful preacher and civic leader named Jacob Rothschild, stood up to speak. He looked out at the full congregation, and after standing silently for a moment, surveying the crowd with a penetrating gaze, he quipped, So this is what it takes you to get to temple. <laughs> There's a similar scene in the passage from Acts we just read. However, the explosion in the Acts passage, the thing that gathers the attention of everyone, is the healing of a crippled beggar. It's on their way to the temple. Everyone passes this beggar and probably shared what money they could. Some maybe ignored. Yet when Peter and John pass him, they don't have anything to give him. They don't have any money. So instead, they say this. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, stand up and walk. And that's when the crowd starts forming around Peter and John. When everyone sees this crippled beggar that they passed every day at temple, now walking and leaping and dancing. Most of all, praising God for his miraculous healing. They gather in, in confusion and, and wonder and awe. How could this be done? And so they gather around Peter and John. Preacher Tom Long reflects that it's not surprising people are drawn to sacred places, especially after momentous events. It's happened again and again. After World War II, people flooded churches when President Kennedy was assassinated after the tragic events of 9-11. People crowd into places of worship out of wonder and out of fear, out of curiosity and amazement. In this unprecedented time, when we cannot gather together physically, school and doctor's visits and birthday parties and work are all happening virtually. Our online worship has become a rallying point. We are delighted to see among our Facebook worshipers old friends who have moved away, my parents from out of state, church members who are all still at their winter homes in Florida, and, and, and still even others. And just so in this story, they gather around Peter and John. I'm sure they wonder how this disciple did it. What power do they possess? Can they heal others? Now, if you and I were at the temple that day, we, we would have been in the crowd full of wonder and fear, full of curiosity and amazement. Yet we discover when Peter speaks that this story has little to do with the healing miracle, although it's the catalyst for the crowd gathering, what's really on display in this passage that we just read is what Peter says. The main event here is not the healing, but the preaching. Chances are they received not what they were expecting in his message. Tom Long says it this way. 
They came drawn like moths to this glow of a miracle. And what they got was a steady stream of light. Peter shared Christ's message of hope. He took the proclaimed word to tell the whole truth of this healing. The healing was powerful, but it's hidden until a sermon is preached. Peter clears any misunderstandings with his message. They assume the source of the healing comes from Peter and John. They are not the only ones who gather around this misunderstanding. We certainly yearn to read self-help books. We watch television personalities like Dr. Oz and Dr. Phil. We do all this in order to bring wholeness and health into our lives. And Peter reminds us all, you've got it all wrong, he says. It's not our power, our spirituality, our piety, our wisdom. None of those things healed this man. It's not about us. It's about God. The God you know, the God of Abraham and of Isaac and of Jacob is the one true healer in Jesus Christ. Christ. So it's not about us. It's all about Jesus. Someone was telling me before heading into surgery that their surgeon had asked her if he could pray with her. He asked that the Holy Spirit guide his hands, that Jesus give him the ability to perform this surgery. And after the prayer, person told me she had this feeling of peace come upon her. Now, the doctor recognized the healing that he would provide. Yes, he had studied medicine and performed many surgeries, but the source of healing was in his prayer and had nothing to do with him. It was all about Jesus. Now, if the surgeon wasn't successful, I wouldn't have ever heard this story, but the truth is the recognition of Christ being the source and the peace that this person received from the prayer is actually much more valuable than the healing itself, because that's what brings us true wholeness. A surgeon, self-help books, television personalities, even Peter or John, they don't give us wholeness. A lot of us are looking for that right now. What gives me wholeness? And only God and Jesus Christ can provide wholeness. That's the message Peter preaches to the crowd. It's the same message we must hear today. And then something interesting uh, continues in Peter's message. He tells them that God's always been in their midst. It's just that they didn't recognize God. He proclaims that a crowd gathered a few weeks before shouting, Crucify Jesus! And no one stood up to defend him. Even Peter himself, who's preaching, claims that guilt. 
Similarly, we hear from the sermon that God is ever-present in our lives. Sometimes it may be hard to recognize God's presence. God's in the sunshine and the rain. When my girls were toddlers, and things at church were really hectic. Uh, I was visiting with an older member of my congregation in Tennessee. She asked how I was doing. And I said, I'm crazy busy. Now, this woman was a cancer survivor. She was at times so sick, she couldn't even get out of bed. And she told me, praise be to God that you're busy. In that moment, I paused and thought, she's right. Praise be to God that I'm busy, that I'm working, that I'm healthy. I think coming from her made me listen a little differently. These last weeks have been a bit like that, haven't they? All our activities, clubs, meetings, sports, school, even church meetings come to a grinding halt. Some of us have been trying hard every day to find something, anything to do, while others have been trying to balance teaching and occupying kids while also trying to work full-time from home. But whether these days have left you weary from lack of excitement or bone-tired from all that you've been doing, we know that it's true that God's in everything. God is the steady stream of light. Here in the sunshine and the rain. And that is such good news for us. So Peter ends his sermon with a simple yet powerful call. Not just one of astonishment and amazement at a healing miracle, but a call for something more. He calls the crowd to repentance. Recognition that the good things in our world are not our doing, but it's because of God's goodness, God's healing and restoring work in a world that's broken. It was certainly a message that this crowd wasn't expecting. It was a countercultural message. It was a message that we all know is real at its core. Repentance is a message of transformation. It's a recognition that it's all about Jesus and that God is ever present in the sunshine and the rain. God's present in miracles like everyone witnessed and gathered around and even in the humdrum parts of our lives. So we're too called to repent. This message is simple and yet powerful. That it's all about Jesus. That's what Peter preached, reminding us, and the crowd gathered, and a few verses later, we discover 5,000 people were baptized, because it wasn't about him, but it was about Jesus, who was bringing wholeness in our lives, and they could sense and know this truth. It draws enough attention that the authorities throw Peter and John into prison, heard many times that we simply need to share Jesus' love with others. And that, that'll be enough, right? But that's not how it happened in this case. People needed to know the truth of Jesus Christ. They needed to be told that it was about 
Christ so they could be whole. There will certainly be times when you need to share this truth. It doesn't need to be a lecture or a big sermon. All you need to do is say this simple thing. that It's all because of Jesus. You'll know how to say it. It might be as simple as a prayer before surgery. It might be as, a, as simple as a thanks be to God that you're busy. It may be remembering the truth that God is with us during these difficult days. Remember, though, it's not about you or the church or anything else, but it's all about Jesus. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. And now let us join together in saying the Apostles' Creed together. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose from the dead, he ascended into heaven, and sitteth at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Oh, so-
come to the time to quiet our hearts and turn to God in prayer. O God, whose generosity is so great that it always exceeds our ability to receive, we give you thanks that we can claim ourselves as your people, redeemed by your grace, protected by your strength, and guided by your law. Lord, what we remember of the past shapes who we are today and influences how we will act tomorrow. On this day before Memorial Day, we remember and give thanks for those who made the ultimate sacrifice in service to their country. We grieve with those who grieve this day and pray comfort for those who mourn. We ask for the wisdom to allow the memory of those who died for a greater cause than themselves to form our words, opinions, and decisions in ways that honor them. Help us to take seriously the cost of war and enter into combat only when every other option has been exhausted. May the sacrifice of those we remember this day not be in vain. Instead, guide us to work tirelessly for peace, justice, and freedom for all people. God, we ask you to heal those who are ill, comfort those who grieve, Befriend those who are lonely. Calm those who are troubled. Mend the hearts that are broken. Allow us to know that you are ever-present in the sunshine and the rain. These are the prayers we make this day and every day. We pray in the name of Jesus Christ, who taught us when we pray to say, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. During the offering music, I invite you to share a comment about how you will give to God this week. I invite you to send in your gifts. We give thanks for the graciousness of our congregation, for the faithful giving so many have shared even in this hard time. We give thanks that we can respond to God's grace and love by sharing what we have. And now let us give of our tithes and our offerings and our whole selves.
Let us join together in the prayer of dedication, saying together, With joy we bring our gifts. With joy we offer our lives. May the offering of our gifts and our very selves bring joy throughout the world. Amen. great hope. Hope in the Christ, who is for all of us, who shares his love with each one of us through all things, is hope every hour and every day. And now let us receive our benediction. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the bond of the Holy Spirit be with you now and forevermore. Amen. information about the First Presbyterian Church, Jacksonville, Illinois, you can write us a note at 870 West College, Jacksonville, Illinois, 62650, or call us at 217-245-4189. Our email is office at 
That's office at F-I-R-S-T-P-R-E-S-J-A-X dot O-R-G. Join us Sundays at 10 a.m. for our live service. And our Facebook page, www.facebook.com slash firstpresjacks. Look for the live link. Our website is www.firstpresjacks.org. God bless and have a healthy, safe week.